welcome to the Gossip Stone podcast, where we cover the Ocarina of Time randomizer. We focus primarily on racing and the competitive scene, as well as various other related topics for the community as a whole. Hello, everyone. It's good to be back. I'm Emo Soda. Um, it's been a while since we've had an episode, and a lot has changed. Um, lots of shakeups here at the podcast. I'd like to welcome in Chimp and Reeve. Hello, hello. Gavaroni. Hello, hello. And uh, kind of lurking in the background, but also a big part of the podcast now, uh, Ronan Recordings. Hello, hello. Uh, he's going to be the new editor here uh, for the podcast going forward, at least for this episode. Um, but it's good to have everyone here. Um, so uh, questions for uh, Chimp and Gavaroni. Uh, how long have you both been playing? And then how have you kind of gotten into Randomizer? Um, I think I've been playing since about January 2018. Um, I got into it. I was actually into a few speed runs at the time, mainly Celeste. Um, and I just needed something else to sort of occupy me on Twitch. And I was looking at zelda and my friend at work was like hey have you have you seen the randomizer i was like oh no what uh which randomizer do you mean he's like, oh the ocarina of time one i'm like what that's a thing that sounds amazing so pretty much like a day later i had everything set up good to go uh and yeah ever since then i've been getting involved and in in each of well i didn't start in season one but i uh took part in seasons two and three and yeah been a pretty mainstay thing for me Pretty similar for me, I want to say. I think I started on the end, like towards the end of season one, going into season two, like kind of as we were switching from 2.0 to 3.0. So it's been like two ish years, I would say. Uh, I probably got into it originally by watching Spike. I want to say he was just streaming it when it was when him and Barrel and a bunch of other guys were getting into it. Saw him playing, and then I've always liked OOT. Used to watch. ZFG do hundo speed runs all the time, so got into it from that and still playing, so. Nice, nice. Um, so I guess we'll ask this question a little bit, but I hope everyone's excited for Season 4 settings, because in this episode, we're going to be covering Season 4, the new, the hot new settings on the streets of Rando, um, versus what we just had for a long time, really. Uh, the season three settings. So it'd be doing kind of a comparison between the two and kind of what's changed um, uh, competitively as these are going to be the new settings that are going to be used on the new um, tournament that's going to happen for season four. Um, so to get kind of get into it, to provide a little bit of frame here, previously on the Gossip Stone podcast. So I'm just kind of pulling our notes here from our last episode that that was back again in August, the state of standard. So balancing standard settings was apparently becoming dull for a lot of experienced players. And I think that makes a lot of sense to me. I I definitely feel that uh, having played Rando for about two years now, Mm. um, these competitive settings, standard settings, they've been kind of, Samey, more or less, for the for the longest time. So it's I just wanted more change. Period. So I I was I was uh, 
pushing some real liberal shit <laughs> to, um, <laughs> try to you know maybe reel in some people like maybe maybe just like you know um these these settings seem fine right <laughs> um but so yeah everything was being kind of boring more or less um so standard was trying to be consistently beginner friendly um and as i think over time as we've seen it's kind of more becoming like you know it's definitely the scene's growing it wants to become more competitive right so i think a lot of detail and attention um has been really focused on balancing these settings that everyone is growing accustomed to especially in like the weekly settings all these these are going to be different um kind of separate from that as you know as it stands right now um but anyway um so it really i think we were pushing you know any new initiative has to have a purpose right any non-standard tournaments are pretty necessary as like you know the settings weren't changing for a long time so i think some people were losing interest and kind of you know it's just splintering right of the community to some some degree right is um you have all these different kinds of tournaments all these different kinds of settings because the settings haven't been changed but now we're changing them so Chimp and Gav, I know you were both on the team um, for the kind of committee organized by ATZ, right? To uh, balance these settings. So maybe maybe talk about that for a little bit. Sure. Um, I think, Gav, it'd be best if you started because I kind of joined it a little later than everyone else. Um, so you'd probably have a little more inkling to how it started more again. Yeah, I don't want to go like super into detail because some of it's a little behind the scenes, I guess. Mm, yeah. But ATZ approached me uh, in dms probably six ish months ago i want to say and kind of brought it up to me being like hey what do you think of this what are your feelings on everything right now how would you move forward etc and then kind of let me know that him and trez were like working on a team to organize season four and we kind of went from there we got brought into a discord and then we eventually wanted to bring in somebody from silver gauntlets and scrubs and that's how jim got involved yeah so uh, as, as gav says it was due to the fact that i was part of a uh, sort of i guess side not really a side community but you know a, an area of the discord where people were trying new things and you know we the challenge cup was really successful and the co-op tournament was started and that was also going uh, really well so I guess it made sense to sort of bring someone from that area, you know, they'd already tried to uh, essentially push forward with a tournament that was different, different to the norm. Um, you know, it wasn't just a standard co-op there, it was different sayings and it, it, you know, just having that tie in, I think made sense to those that were already in that group. And yeah, I got involved and yeah, things just went really smoothly from there. We had a lot of discussion. Well, I say smoothly, um, you know, the, the good thing about having a lot of opinions and voices is that, and I think what has worked really well with this group is that we've not all just been uh, saying yes to each other's ideas and to each other's opinions. Um, and, you know, when we came in, there was a lot of discussion about what would work and you know, different people had different ideas. Um, and, you know, it was, that was a really great dynamic to have. And yeah, I think it's, I think it's worked well. We're almost there with season four now with, um, essentially a full list of settings up as of today. Um, I guess today will be four days ago, depending on when this goes up. Um, but yeah, I think we've done a really good job. 
Yeah, so the new settings um, originally announced on October 31st. Um, and then today, uh, November 21st, the new kind of settings tweaks for the hints were announced. So uh, lot, lots of good stuff um, going forward. But yeah, why change, right? Um, so season three settings, like I said, they're getting a little bit little boring, a little samey, a little stale, whatever you want to call it. Um, everyone kind of knew what to expect. You know, the, <laughs> a lot of the kind of ire for season three settings really is just the beginning, right? The openers that you have available to you competitively, yeah. what what's viable is uh, it's not very many avenues that you can go down. How many doors you can really open that uh, lead to something different? So, um, season three, um, kind of for back background info here, almost exactly a year ago, uh, call number one was November 16, twenty nineteen, uh, so a little bit ago. <laughs> Seems like uh, five years ago after 2020 happened. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> so, you know, the community even more so wanted change because these races are happening even more this year, right? Everyone's stuck at home. Uh, the meta was solved. You know, I always do three song, open grotto owls, like rampant near like June and July. It's just no one was doing anything differently really in weeklies. If you, if you watch the weeklies, like had 50 streams open, let's say, so I did this a couple of times just to like see what what people were doing. And uh yeah, it was just like maybe 30 out of 40, 40 out of 50 were all doing open ground. Well, then you see like a couple of people doing early adult, you see a couple of people doing like maybe two song to adult, like trying to like get their edges, cut a little corners here and there. But I think predominantly we saw a lot of three song open grotto owl. Yeah. And um very long opening round. It's like you know, at least 30 to 40 minutes before you can really make a lot of decisions. Um, so I think changes shouldn't have been too radical. Um, at least that's what I think a lot of people wanted. But, you know, that, that change was definitely um, wanted for us. So people still liked weekly settings. It wasn't like it's like you wanted something like random settings or, you know, all sanity seeds, nothing like crazy like that. But um, so I think. Uh, you guys did a really good job of like just getting something that feels like the old settings, but is something, you know, pretty different, different enough to have like, you know, more in a whole tournament, a whole season, really maybe six months to a year, you know, before, you know, likely changes would happen, you know, based mm -hmm. on what was ha already happened. So um, kind of discussed that on the last podcast episode, but yeah. Um, so what is changing? We got the six biggest changes here. Uh, it's not really in a particular order, but kind of in the order you would encounter them in a seed. We got random spawn, location, and age, first of all. It's uh, kind of a big change, right? Yeah. it's uh, I'd say one that's drawn the most, uh, the most discussion out of the changes we've made, I'd say. I'm not sure if you'd agree with that, Gav. Um, but for, I, for me, I think it's, um, like you mentioned earlier, that the plan was essentially, at least for us mainly, was to break open the early game. You know, if you, if you didn't do three song, you know, open grow into owl into three song, then it was a, essentially you were gambling. And it, it felt bad that any other opener was, was essentially a gamble. And you got punished if you didn't do that and it didn't pan out. Um, so, yeah, I think this was one that really 
um, you know, I guess this along with the next one, which we'll go through, this is a, a very obvious way of just saying, you know what, this, this isn't possible anymore. You know, you need to think on your feet. Um, intros need to be a bit more dynamic. Um, and not everything is just set in stone. Um, and yeah, I, th- I personally really, really enjoy this change. Yeah, 100% agree. It just, not knowing what you're going to do at the start of every seed is such a breath of fresh air. You know, like, there's been so many seeds where you're literally just on autopilot for 45 minutes in Season 3. I know, like, in SGL recently, Dylan and I raced each other and did literally the same checks back-to-back-to-back for 53 minutes. (laughs) And it was just like, we can't be doing this anymore, man. This is getting so stale. And then, you know, that leads us into the next setting, skipping Child Zelda. Uh, You don't have to visit Zelda anymore to obtain the song and Zelda's letter, which we thought this combined really well, especially with random spawn location and age, because if you just do the random spawns, it kind of just turns into how fast can I get to market to go Child or to do Zelda and then do just do three song, right? It just turned into an a more awkward version of three song than we had before. So yeah, it's definitely the change that I like the most, right? Probably the number one and number two changes that I like the most pretty, pretty much just together. You get save quit as like a utility tool and a lot of seeds, like it just changes in valuation. And that's exactly what I wanted. It just like kind of to break up the play pattern a lot. Like, cause it, even if you randomize spawn location and age and may or may not skip child zelda um i think those changes don't in and of themselves change a whole lot like if you didn't change anything else and it was just those two things i think it would still be good but um i don't know them with all the other settings i think really adds a kind of layer of depth and routing especially so going to the next setting that that's changing is close deku now you have to go get the sword for sure. It's not just another paperweight um, or just kind of a quality of life thing. You have to go find Kakuri's sword and shield, but you start with shield. Um, that's also kind of a small a small change that we haven't said yet is uh, you start with Deku equipment, start with, uh, well, I guess you'll have Master Sword when you go adult, but if you start um, adult, you'll just have the Master Sword and you don't have to go to like Todd or anything like that. But um, yeah, just a really kind of nice thing. But yeah, uh, it's just really to stop uh, early Deku plays, right? So you don't just immediately go Deku every time. Yeah, I mean, this is this essentially is the the last of the changes that applies to the sort of the early game. You know, with the opener of Deku Tree, would I would say with random spawn uh, and age one of the immediate things you would do is like, okay, well, I'm just going to go to Deku Tree because it's the safest area to go um, and you just route that way. So this this way with the Deku Tree closed, um, you can't always just force the same opener, uh, which, is, which is what we want. Again, we want dynamic openings. We want people to do different things and try different routes and different checks. And sure, this does eliminate some sort of Sphere Zero stuff, if you will. Um, but again, it just, for me, it's just seeing how people react to things, not just being super comfortable anymore. Um, 
like like you said, Gav, you know, it, a lot of it felt like autopilot. There was no difficulty in the routing because you knew exactly what you were going to do as soon as you start the game. You you go to Three Song, you uh, do Deku Tree. Once you've you know got Zelda's Lullaby, been to Ranch, you go back to Kakiri Forest, you do Deku Tree, you go get Saru's Song, and that is just the, that's the way that it happened. Um, but this way, it's um, even with random spawns and you're not needing to do ZL, we still just eliminate that sort of last aspect of um, very comfortable and obvious routing. Yeah, just like also weakens Deku. Like, Deku is the most overpowered dungeon in the game by a mile in Season 3. Just You would do it blind every single seed. It didn't matter if you had stone or medallion info. Even if you got a stone, it wasn't the end of the world. It has six fear zero checks. So it does have some like negatives in the fact that, like Jim said, we are removing six fear zero checks. So on average, your progression slightly gets pushed back. But I think the the benefits outweigh the negatives in this case. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, so I'll lay out here a hypothetical scenario of a, a really wacky competitive environment where you spawn outside of the best dungeon in the game, and then you just go there every time. <laughs> you just... <laughs> I was drinking the Deku Kool-Aid for a long time, um, probably like close to a year. I was just like, yep, just go do Deku every time. Just why would you do anything differently? So I I very much enjoy this change. Um, I, don't know, I think the Kakuri Sword is not that bad to find. It's just like finding a hammer right now, um, finding like a bow, something that just like opens a whole dungeon um, more or less. I mean, Deku itself is pretty short, so even though it takes a lot longer to get there depending on your spawn location um i think it's definitely not that bad as kind of a change yeah i'm just uh and i know i mentioned this uh with with gav and the rest of the team um i'm just really excited to see just go mode deku you know just people find you know looking for the sword at the end of the game it's so different uh, and just watching people just absolutely blitz through Deku Tree in like a minute and a half. You know, they've got Dins, they've got 12 Hearts, they've got everything else they could possibly want. And they just absolutely annihilate Deku Tree as the sort of last thing they have to do. Um, instead of, oh, well, we've got five medallions, the last one is Forest or something like that, where it takes like 15, 20 minutes to do. Um, I'm just really looking forward to people just scrambling to get to Deku Tree as fast as they can. And yeah, I think that's just really exciting. Absolutely. Also, Go Mode Deku is way cooler than I think people think it is. I know when Dungeon Run was popular kind of recently, like myself, Mario, Sponge, Dylan, we're all kind of labbing how to do Deku Tree with the perfect inventory as fast as you can. It's it's a little more interesting than you expect. But mm. What was your sort of best time? Don't, I don't remember. I didn't take it as seriously <laughs> as the other three, but yeah, it's. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with, like, while you're falling, pulling a bomb to set up like a ground jump right as you land and stuff. It, yeah. It's you know, it's yeah. something that people haven't done really, unless even even if you play rando rando, I can't imagine you go mode Deku Tree too often, and that's really the only place you would have done it prior. Maybe co-op as well. Yeah, I want to say you can you can easily like I, under two minutes. I, I think is definitely viable for a good amount of people for that. Yeah, random settings, it's just 50-50 whether or not it's open or not, and whether or not sword is vanilla or not. So, like, for that, 
It's like you almost never go Deku because you always need one part to be true and it's always closed. It's like 90-10 closed, even though it's 50-50 every time. So like uh, the experience I had playing Randos, Randos, well, every time Mido's blocking the path. <laughs> yeah, he just that guy's a jerk. <laughs> but yeah, I'm kind of used to just kind of a late place Deku. So it's nice to see that kind of going forward with this. Um so another change, open Kakariko gate. So uh, you don't necessarily start with open mass shop, which was a lot of, a lot of the uh, test runs of the settings uh, that we had, which mm-hmm. had very uh, mixed responses, I would say. Yeah, so it was quite polarizing, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> Bunny hair turned out to be a little stronger than expected, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was going to be strong the whole time, but not everybody in the community agreed and until everybody went to market every seed and ran around and with a bunny hood on their head for three hours. Yeah, like half of it's like memes, right? It's just like, yeah, you got to get bunny hood. It's fucking sick. Yeah. But like <laughs> you also have to think like, oh, is this actually good? And it's like, yeah, kind of. It's like frog warping to ice cavern kind of levels of like, it can save you five, six minutes in a seed. Very, very free. Um, you just hold forward. So I think just like as a play pattern, it was kind of toxic a little bit and maybe not as, uh, maybe probably not as good of a setting. If, if, you know, changes aren't going to be happening that often, do you really want to be stuck with bunny hood meta for like <laughs> a year or something like, uh, it seemed a little sketchy to me. So with this, um, so it's not open mass shop, which was a new, it was a kind of a newer setting that was added to the rando in general. Um, yeah, I think in June or July or something like that. But so, so for this, you start with letter, right? Cause he already did ZL with the, the free ZL setting. Yeah. So you don't have to show the letter to the guard. Thank goodness. You don't want to, like, if you, if you want to commit to skull mask, like, uh, that was like one of the worst parts is trying to turn in letter, get back to the market, then back there, you know, with time of day to get back skull mask at market. And if you don't have prelude or serenade, that's really difficult. I think in a lot of scenarios, especially with random spawn. So um, yeah, you don't have to show the letter. The gates are already open. So that means you can just go to the mask shop and get the Pikachu mask for free. It's just right there. Yeah. As you say, I think, uh, Skull Mask gets way worse if this isn't turned on. Like, just the, the fact that you'd need to, you can't just save quit to Kakiri Forest. And if you don't get Minuet, then it just becomes infinitely worse as a check. And that's not something we wanted at all. You know, we still wanted Skull Mask to be a bad check, but in no way make it worse. So I think this just, this just sort of fixes that. Yeah, the setting actually has implications on the random spawns as well. If the Kakariko gate is closed, you can't spawn as child anywhere beyond it, like on Death Mountain Trail or in Goron City, or even in, sometimes you can spawn Death Mountain Crater as child too, so it just added spawn options that are pretty fun to play with, and if you close the gate, they're completely removed. So opening it was a no-brainer. For me, the more spawn options, the better, honestly, so makes perfect sense. And then some of the bigger changes, um, kind of your wind conditions and seeds, more or less. 
new DLC was added to to the rando. Uh, Ganon's castle added as a location to the rando. <laughs> Not really, but um, so it's a two medallion bridge now instead of having to get all meds. So uh, wow, <laughs> that, that's already a huge change, especially considering that you start with a medallion sometimes, like. Mm-hmm. Not a quite 50-50, but I think a lot of the time you do. Um, so kind of it's it's just a really stark contrast. It's just like, okay, you're adding all of these kind of like mid-game kind of sphere checks. It could be even early game if it's like something like DC medallion and you start medallion, then you're expected to go to Ganon's for first hookshot or first bomb bag or some kind of important item like that. So I think evaluation of locations and their i think relative value in seeds this changes a lot of that um just kind of like an ice cavern right just right next to kakariko also a really high value location so i think a big problem at least that i had with season three was that ganon's as a location i I know you tease that it's dlc now but that's i mean that's kind of the truth right ganon's in season three was basically always just run up the tower and defeat ganondorf it had almost no relevancy outside of very rare cases where light arrows were there or even more rare cases where like magic or an item for one of your stone dungeons was there to go get your light arrows it basically always led to light arrows one way or the other so you're you were never really touching the trials outside of like season one when they were required to be beaten but that hasn't been the case for quite a while so just opening it up and like adding these you know not a ton but a decent amount of checks especially like without strength three it's you know, somewhere in like the seven to eight check ballpark. I'm not, I don't know off the top of my head exactly, but something like that. And, you know, they're locked by various different items. So it's kind of, it, it creates like a, a meta where people, some people are going to go right away when they get two medallions to just do the four available checks right away in water and forest trial. And some people will wait until they get like hookshot or song of time or hover boots to maybe get a check in shadow trial or spirit trial. And it, it, it's just like a, a cool area that people haven't experienced for the last uh, two years of Zooter. So I think it adds a lot of fun gameplay elements. Yeah. This is my favorite change bar none. I like, I've, I've been a massive advocate of just, just getting Ganon's castle involved um, more because it's, it is an area of the game that as, as Gav mentioned, you barely ever touched. And again, if you did, it was for light arrows. So it is for me, it's just great having just a new area that you have to consider. You need to route in um and having it on two medallions you know because there were there were a lot of ways you can sort of implement ganon's uh sort of the rainbow bridge you know there was discussions about it being vanilla so you needing spirit shadow and light light arrows you know there was three medallions there was two medallions you know just the the way of having it added where it's 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 involved but it's also not like super intrusive um and i'd use the co-op tournament and uh you know as, as gavin his partner Dylan would know, uh, you know, with with open bridge is something you need to consider immediately, um, and in the in the co-op sort of things, that is, uh, it's it's very sphere zero, and it's just something you just route automatically. We didn't want it to feel like an automatic decision. Um, we just wanted it to be a decision which you you made uh, mid mid game, as you say, it could be early to mid game depending on what medallion you start with, but 
um, you know, just a, a new area and a, a, a new routing option you have to choose. It messes with your time of day, so you need to route in that better. You know, you can't just go there and expect to suddenly all um, go and do a child shooting gallery or something because it's nighttime, you know. So it's a, it's just a, a great area for me, and I'm, yeah, over the moon that this is something that we managed to get in. Yeah, big thing is that trials are not required for BKHS going, you know, and further up the, the tower. So yeah. I think a lot of people, kind of when you bring up Ganon's Castle as a location, I think PTSD starts flooding in. And <laughs> I think of all the times in the past where, like, even in the co-op settings, trials used to be a thing um, for, for a while, I would say. Even, you know just like random races like random settings just trials being on like you almost never have to do the full trial so i think that kind of scared a lot of people away from it as like an idea but the thing that changes is a lot of the requirements for items for for these checks so you don't need any items for water forest or bkhs uh, for the trials um hook shots for spirits kind of brings up a cool um strat with bow extension it's just kind of a thing that you can it's legal and standard so you can just bust it out you don't have to get bomb shoes for spirit trial necessarily which is a kind of cool competitive addition mm -hmm. kind of another, another thing that you can just pull out and like a 1v1 what if your opponent doesn't know it and there's an item there <laughs> like it's a kind of big big uh, decision point really small thing but it just adds kind of value to anyone listening, by the way, learn that trick. <laughs> yeah, I can't even. I can't even begin to explain how everyone should learn that for season four. It's relatively simple to 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 know and understand. Um, and if you are ever in Ganon's castle without bomb shoes, and you you just orphan that one check, I think that's something you'd ever want to do. So I, I definitely recommend you learn that. It's not quite as big as something like Basement 1 Skip of Deku or uh, Mito Skip to get to Forest, uh, but it, it is sizable enough, and you don't want to orphan checks in general. So I, I think just for that, it's a really good thing to know. I was just running a seed last night, and uh, yeah, Strength 3 was there, and I didn't have... I forgot to buy Bomb Juice from the, the Wasteland guy, the carpet guy, and... Yeah, I just got punished. Lost about 30, 40 minutes just clearing other stuff. So I definitely feel that and would recommend it after having been burned by it to uh, just have it in your back pocket. Just It's not that hard. But, you know, other items for Ganon's, you know, Hookshot, Hovers, or Song of Time for the Shadow first trial chest and the second chest in the Shadow trial, you know, long shot dense magic fire arrows it all like adds value to these very specific checks yeah so one last thing to mention for ganon's very likely not to be able to check everything on the first visit i think it's been a kind of point of contention for some people that why would you want to add a location that you have to double dip almost every seed right you're not gonna really leave all these checks on the table for free only because you can't do spirit or not spirit light trial with strength three, right? Um, sometimes that's just really not a good option for you in, in mm -hmm. your route. So I think uh, I can kind of feel that a little bit, but 
think for all the reasons we've stated, I think it's a interesting enough thing to include at least for you know at th this tournament. So we'll we'll see if it like if it's actually a bad idea uh, near the end, or or maybe it'll uh, stick around. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I guess to it, it's very similar to certain situations with you know you go to bottom of the well and you don't have ZL and you go to GTG you don't have strength two or you don't have a hook shot or you don't have song of time and stuff like that. I'd say it is a lot more extreme because you will you will essentially as soon as you open up Ganon's castle you will never be able to do all of the checks. I'd say well I say I say never like but think of how many times you're going to go there after two the first two medallions and have every item to do every check. It's going to be very minimal. So I definitely understand that. Um, but you know, it, at the end of the day, it's somewhere you need to go to finish the game anyway. It's that area that's right next to the Temple of Time. It's not like it is something like a GTG, which is miles away. So I, it, it's a little better just by location. It makes it you know easier to uh, digest in that in that sense for me. Yeah, I do think a lot of people are also the biggest problem that they have is that it they actually think it takes three dips a lot of the time to do the dungeon as opposed to two, which I think is just more of a people need to adjust their routing uh, ideas or play styles around that. Like if you want a three dip Ganon's, that's completely fine. Right. I think that's probably a, a reasonable play to just get the four checks that are available with nothing, but it's definitely a play. Like I know even in the co-op tourney, what the hell's in Phoenix feather who were considered a top team never did Ganon's early. And it was even stronger in, the co-op tourney with the scrubs mm. and being open immediately they would always wait until they got at least hook shots so they could check you know an additional three checks or sometimes even four if you can get the the second check in shadow trial as well so i think it's you know people just it doesn't need to be the automatic play right i mean there's going to be seeds where you have a free medallion and dc is a medallion you only have bombs and nothing else to do and then great you're maybe you three dip gannons in that seed but i don't think it has to be the the always play to make when there's only the four checks in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, changing the play style, changing the routing, I think that's going to be very important for season four as opposed to season three. It just changes so much. You don't do like the same opener twice in two different seeds. Like if you play two seeds in the same day, very unlikely you have the same spawn locations for both ages. Very unlikely that you do the same play or have the access to the options for the same kind of gameplay. So I think, yeah, it's just everyone's going to have to adjust to these these things. Um, one thing to note about the, the bridge settings, it was tr uh, attempted in the test settings to have the variable stones and medallions. Did you want to talk about that? Sure. Um, I think, and I, I don't think Dav, uh, Gav would disagree with this, Honestly, I think that's, that's what we wanted. You know, I think we, we really wanted uh, the variable medallions to work. Um, we just kind of couldn't get it to function properly with hints and decided that it wasn't necessary for season four, but something to sort of look at in the future when we have a bit more time, we have more, you know, I, the thing I say more help from the developers. Just shout out to the developers, by the way, for the amount of help they've given us and actually implementing these settings we've asked for. Um, but just just with more time for both us and them to create what is necessary for that to work properly, because it just kind of didn't 
Um, and there was always something that didn't feel good about the hint system uh, with that saying. But I really liked variable medallions. Um, I think it's definitely something which is going to come up again in the future. I think a lot of the community responded to it very well as well. Um, and it's just something I don't think we, we, we had the time for in Season 4. Yeah, I feel exactly the same. I'd be shocked if it wasn't a thing for beyond Season 4. It was a lot of fun. Everybody liked it. But it with the way we have the hint structured right now, it made way the heroes like ludic- ludicrously overpowered. And we would have had to do like a full restructure of the hint system, which takes a little more time than we were looking for moving into Season 4. Yeah, we'll touch on that a little bit later as well. <laughs> just not even just like, I don't want to say outrage for hints, but like it's kind of, it's kind of outrage at hints that we hints, see. Yeah, hints are, its, hints are its own thing for this. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. I just find it really amusing. But um, yeah, six medallions still basically to complete the game. So that's still your main game objective. So for a lot of people coming back, I think it's important to know that, yeah, nothing's really changing that radically in like how you actually finish seeds, but all these things together, yeah, your routing is going to change, your play style, your options, they all change. And um, but, but for this, at least, it, it stays the same, except... It's six medallions for the Ganon's boss key. So you, you have the lock there. So if you have access to Ganon's, you can't just, you know, face roll a seed and complete it sub hour or something like that. I think yeah. it was really important to, uh, <laughs> it was one of the things that I think a lot of people wanted not to be in this is uh, more opportunities for jet seeds, right? All these changes definitely add time as opposed to take away. I think it's important to uh, note that you don't want the meta to be solved immediately, right? So for, for kind of like a tournament, I think it's you're going to see a lot of people play differently in the start as opposed to the end, I think. Um, like I think everything's going to change. <laughs> and competitively, it's going to be very exciting to watch. Yeah. Just kind of like how players and all these top racers are going to really approach routing. Um, I, even in quals, I think it'll change, you know, from the first to the last. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even in season three, which was mostly meta by the time the quals started, stuff would change throughout the tournament. Like, um, the open grotto owl was actually considered pretty impossible for most players and not named like Marco or Bonnaroo for a long time until I forget who exactly figured it out, but somebody figured out that you could use Navi to freeze time of day while the owl is active. And then that route became a lot more beginner friendly. But prior to that, it was very, 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 very (laughs) difficult. Like, you know, I consider myself to be a fairly decent Ocarina of Time player and I could get it like one in 50 tries with how tight the time of day was before that discovery was made. And then that kind of shifted the whole meta away from 80% of the players doing, you know, open grotto into Grudo Valley Lake, then to market to just open grotto market. So I'm sure we'll see meta evolutions in season four as well. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a huge reason why I just like put a blindfold on, just started drinking the Deku Kool-Aid. Just don't worry about that open grotto shit. That's like, what if you fail? That's so bad. Like you're, you're just stuck in the lake just at night. Yeah. <laughs> you have to go Valley, I guess. It just, uh, it's, 
pretty rough. So what's changed really with the hints now? Because that, that's been, you know, as we've said already, is been a main source of contention in the community. Uh, a lot of people wanted to get this right, so much so that, yeah, we didn't do uh, variable med stones this time around. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, it'll probably come back, but yeah, it just very uh, focused effort on hints and getting this right. We've gone through a few iterations of this, I guess, since we've started and had, I think we had almost a two hour long argument about Skull Mask in the, the organizer chat at one point. So It honestly was about two hours. <laughs> we've kind of come to, originally we, as, a, as an organizer group, had removed the barren, or I guess they're called foolish choice hints nowadays, from the pool. And because we thought they... They didn't do a lot of great things for the game, in our opinion, originally. They kind of felt bad to get a lot of the time. Other times they were useless. And, you know, sometimes you would get GTG and it would be insane. But after, you know, testing happened, the community was pretty pretty not happy with that decision, I guess, to say the least. Uh, we had to do a poll recently that was just astronomical in favor of re-adding the Foolish Choice Hints or Baron Hints, whatever you want to call them back to the pool so we have reached what i think is probably our final iteration of the hint system for season four i hope so um but we'll see i suppose uh so what is going to happen is uh we'll start off with skull mask used to be an always hint it is now moved to a sometimes hint meaning you won't get it every single seed we thought this was okay given that you can get the keaton mask right away now and skull mask isn't as bad of a check and we kind of needed to remove it from always to have hint stones available for Baron hints. So that's kind of the give there. So now your six always hints, which will have two copies each, are the Ocarina of Time song, Big Goron, Frogs 2, and then 30, 40, and 50 skulls as before. And then we'll have the four way of the hero hints, also duplicated, um, which is one less than the prior season. But we've been testing with four way of the hero for. Probably what about a month and a half now, I would say, and people seem to be pretty fine with it. Um, and we've done some extra, extra things to that to almost make it better, I think, in the fact that Zelda's lullaby, the song, can no longer be "Way the Hero." Thank God. Yeah, I'm very happy that that's a thing, and I think most, if not. I want to say like 99% of people will understand why that is the case and be okay with it. Um, it just provided nothing. Yeah, like most arrows, right? of the time. Yeah. There were seeds, very rare seeds, where ZL was actually useful as a way the hero hint, but in standard especially, it's it was so rare that you could ever make any sort of deduction about what it was telling you to do with all the fairies you know, all the dungeons that require ZL in some, just for a couple checks or even to just full on beat it like Shadow. Yeah. It was, was it was pretty much impossible. Yeah. Shadow was pretty much the example of why it was kind of useless because, you know, any seed where you had Shadow as a medallion, Zelda Way the Hero could just mean Shadow. And you would never know if it didn't. <laughs> and I think that's the thing. Even if Zelda's lullaby led directly to something in a fairy or something like that, um, 
most of the time you'd never know if if that was what it was supposed to point you towards just because you always had to do ZL for something like Shadow or Spirit or to get into Domain for Jabu or something like that. And it just... All of the other songs provide better information and for me Zelda's Lullaby just didn't. It was always like the worst part of season three for me. It's just like getting all these like dumb way the heroes for DZL and light arrows. All these songs like sometimes you have five way the heroes and they're all for songs for forest access or ice access or whatever. So it's really nice that you don't have as much of that running around now. Um, I think this change kind of just facilitates that. Yeah, absolutely. We did play around with a couple other ones too. I think we talked about maybe removing like Nocturne from Way of the Hero as well, but we kind of figured though, like, cause Nocturne is Way of the Hero, similar to ZL every time you have Shadow as a required dungeon. But there are situations where, say, you have Stone Shadow or something where a Nocturne Way of the Hero can actually push you in a direction. So we decided to just go with only ZL. There is going to be two foolish hints instead of three, like we had in season three, um, with each a duplicated copy. And the goal is kind of to have one overworld, one dungeon most of the time. So it has a waiting system in the fact that if you find an overworld baron and a seed, your first foolish has a 50% chance of being either an overworld or a dungeon. But if the first one generated is an overworld, the second one has a now 75% chance to to generate as a dungeon Baron Hint instead of two overworlds. So there is, you will have the chance of two overworld Baron Hints. We did toy with the idea of just doing strictly one and one. Um, that does kind of create some weird problems with, like, if you saw two overworld Barons, you would know all your dungeons aren't Baron. So therefore they have some sort of non-Baron item. You know, it could just be a bottle or a bow or something that's useless, but... It was still a lot of information for the player that you wouldn't have normally. So we went with the waiting system instead. Um, and because of that, you can't have two Dungeon Foolishins either. But that's you couldn't have two Dungeon Foolishins Season 3 either. So there's not really much of a change there. Yeah, And I guess uh, to, to finish off on that, Foolish Aries, because of the way that it works with random spawns, basically all songs are no longer foolish you know even prelude and serenade which in season three were foolish songs and could be in foolish areas they can no longer be foolish songs um in an ideal world they still would be because they don't actually affect the logic uh but in this instance it wasn't really possible to fix that um so things like ice cavern can never be foolish um and no there's a whole list of of things where of areas with songs but you know ice cavern is one of the big ones um which you know cannot can no longer ever be foolish and temple of time and stuff like that um so it is important to know that they are not possible anymore so with all these hand changes and all these settings changes what do you guys think about the settings so far and how many races have you done on them um well, I think I've done about... In actual races, not many. I've done, I want to say, five races. I've done a lot of seeds just on my own, casually. Um, you know, just, just sitting there, getting getting through one in the evening, playing it casually without actually being in a race. Yeah. Um, so I'd say maybe twenty to between 20 and 30 uh, seeds of the new sayings. Not 
ironically not of the new hint distro because that went in at, you know i think about eight hours ago from when we were recording this um but i am in a, a massive fan of the the new settings and obviously it you know i was part of the team that changed these settings you know it might sound like i'm biased of course but I genuinely like what we've done. I think we've added some really fresh new things to what was a relatively stale uh, meta, um, but we've not gone crazy. And I know people were saying, oh, just this is just rando rando now. I'm like, I don't believe we've gone anywhere near overboard. And yes, you know, we, we mess with scrubs and we mess with uh, tricks and we mess with various other different things, but... If you don't try things, you don't get anywhere. So we realized that, sure, the, the, you know, the community response to Scrubs wasn't very good. The community response to Open Fountain wasn't very good. And that's all fine. And I think we've, with using a lot of feedback, but also a lot of just uh, experience between us as a group, we have both listened to what the community wants and also pushed for things that makes people a little uncomfortable with the new settings in a way that feels fun and fresh. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, just kind of like further balancing the pins. I'm all in favor for it. Um, I, I mean, I of all the settings and changes and stuff, I think they're all pretty tame, uh, more or less. These could have been way more uh, extreme. So I, I think they're very livable at the very least. And... You know, I'm used to playing with no hints sometimes in seeds or balanced hints. So I think uh, these changes are definitely cool. And uh, I've been having a lot of fun with them. I've played now 20 seeds on these settings, not with the uh, new hint changes, but just since the original S4 announcement. Um, and I think definitely a fan mostly of the random spawns. It's just really fun. I think for players, commentators, viewers, it's fun seeing where people spawn and how they use that and adapt to it. It's been really rewarding. And I like that sequencing matters a hell of a lot more. Um, just even among overworld areas, like which one do you go to first? Which ones are you even near? Sometimes it feels like a, a left or a right fork in the road kind of situation, but oftentimes you're like, at the fork in the road, but there's eight paths and it's like, well, <laughs> which one is the best? I don't know. Like, well, let's find out. <laughs> so I've been having tons of fun and uh, kind of looking forward to the competitive aspect and seeing how it impacts the meta at large. It's going to be really cool to see. Yeah, I'm so excited for that. It's I, I know we, we don't have a date that we can sort of announce here for Quals, but it's, you know, it's soon. And I'm so looking forward to just watching how people adapt. And, you know, because one thing that um, I guess was a quite an obvious indicator of season three, you know, whilst it was good settings and a, an amazing tournament, the settings were a bit done was, you know, after season three, the weeklies, you know, I'd say the the real top tier players tended to avoid the weeklies after that and they did ladder stuff and it was if you watch the weeklies you know it was never like full you know and i'd say between season two and season three that was always full the weeklies were always just uh full of you know 50 to 60 70 players and i'm looking forward to just those big races again where everyone's involved seeing how new players have adapted seeing how the sort of the veterans are going to are going to adjust 
Um, and I think we're going to see, hopefully, um, a really competitive set of qualifiers into the top 32, more than ever, in terms of who is actually going to make it in and who isn't. Um, so, I'm yeah, I'm over the moon. I can't wait. I'm so excited to commentate and restream and get involved myself. It's going to be great fun. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, just kind of the smaller changes too that we didn't mention before on what is changing. Um, starting items. So you do start with the ocarina. You don't have to go get it from Sorry's Gift in Kikuri Forest slash Lost Woods. Uh, thank. <laughs> that's that's just such a good change. Yeah, um, I mean that would have been all that with random spawns. That would have genuinely been dreadful. So yeah, it was an absolute necessity. Yeah, I think there's been enough races that haven't had that on, and it's just a disaster. Um, starting with Deku Shield as well as Nuts and Sticks, um, kind of the same reasons, just like kind of removes Rupee routing, but I think there's enough interesting stuff happening and changes that kind of more than makes up for having to Rupee route to buy Sticks in a shop somewhere. Like, eh, you don't want to have to go there overworld. That just sucks. Um, and that's basically it. Uh, outside of there are no more ice traps; they're gone, at least for these settings for the tournament. So, uh, also, I think a very positive change as being a very known ice trap hater. So, uh, yeah, they'll probably come back for weeklies after the tournament, I imagine, because yeah. I don't really like ice traps at all. But some people do enjoy the, you know, the viewer aspect of them and whatnot. But for the tournament, we feel like it, you know, it's supposed to be a competitive environment. We don't need somebody getting frozen on at the Gerudo Valley crate and not being able to get rupees for child fishing or something, and their whole opener just gets destroyed. So I think it just is completely positive on a tournament side of things, at least. Especially with the finals of season three, Marco Bono just <laughs> being just ridiculously close matches um, that like an ice trap could have just turned it to the uh, the other player. And uh, I think that was definitely a worry going forward. So, um, for, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter in the large context of things, but yeah, it's just annoying. <laughs> and uh, no Goron pot with strength. That's just removed. So, uh, that's also kind of a positive change. You can still do it. It just won't be in logic now. This is one of my... <laughs> I could have argued for hours about how much I wanted... I am unbelievably terrible at this trick. Of all the things, I can do all the ridiculous tricks in OT, but for some reason, throwing a bomb flower into that spinning pot is just impossible for me. And it's one of the things that it's like... It's not even that intuitive, really. Like, you might think about it if you're a newer player, but it, it's not easy to do. And it just didn't feel like it should be in logic. I mean, the Trent pot became a meme for a reason, right? Like, it it isn't good for the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'd, equ I'd equate it to um, if, for example, if we turned on in logic uh, access to domain with the chicken uh, through the, the waterfall. I'd equate it to the same thing where it's 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 simple enough to do, but if you fail it, it sucks. It absolutely blows because you lose so much time with just that one fail. And, you know, obviously with the pot, you then need to get it in the right place again and hope that you pick up the bomb at the right time and hope that it doesn't 
you know, you just have to set everything up. And much like sort of a similar trick with the cuckoo, if you were to try and jump into domain, and that suddenly floats down the river, you know, it's you're, you're completely screwed. So it's just one of those tricks that, yes, is doable. Yes, is relatively simple. Yes, people understand why it's potentially in logic, but it just feels bad. Yeah, it's, it feels a lot like the change that happened in Shadow Temple, where you used to not be able to more, I mean, I guess, clip through the uh, the Crusher Room to get to the top, right? Like, you mm. weren't al allowed to do that um, for the longest time. There was even a setup that was discovered for, like, doing that glitch list to get up there, which is cool. But, uh, yeah, it feels much like that in terms of, like, playability it's just not really something that you want to have in the environment, right? It's just kind of cancer for no reason. Um, so yeah, I'm also pretty happy that that got cut. I mean, I wasn't really advocating for it, but uh, just kind of a nice present. So um, yeah, to play these new settings, they're available on the website. Um, is the the hints are also on the website for the they are as of, yeah as of today they are now on the website so by the time this goes live they will have been there for a good few days the weeklies for this weekend would have already happened and yeah uh, just get stuck in cool so if you want to play on these new settings really easy to do so you just open up a new browser tab i'll do it along with you here you type in otrandomizer.com you go there the top left in the generator, you go to the dev. I think it's the second option. And then you go to the season four uh, settings preset. You just load the preset and then gen the seed. Uh, if you're doing it for races, just make sure the spoiler log is off. Uh, I think it autos to on. So just kind of a note there. But um, yeah, just it's that simple. And then you can just start playing. So um, qualifiers, like Chimp said, haven't been announced, but soon tm you know just like all good things take time so i'm sure it'll be sooner rather than later and for me they can't come soon enough so um just got kind of provide context too for all these settings and things that have been changing um the last weeklies that happened last weekend uh as of the time of the recording so this is the weekend of the 14th and the 15th of november um everything here except the hints were in there so kind of first look here at like what happens on these weeklies i think this was the second weekend that we had this right uh the previous weekend we also had all the changes yeah yes cool so the first one the na weekly uh this was 59 people in it first place went to say say with a time of 328 32 this is first place mind you in a weekly that's about 60 people kind of insane right yeah, this this weekly, I actually ended up forfeiting this, I believe, at about the two hour mark to go get dinner. But it it this is like the worst showcase of season four settings imaginable. I think we spawned in Kakarika. It was both adult and child, if I remember correctly, and it was just a dumb requiem ad to get a key on child side spirit. It you know it was a lot of just unfortunately you got to do everything in the game. Uh, I do think strength three came into play. I want to say so. That's a little bit of a, a little bit of a season four change, I guess. And strength three was pretty useless most of the time in season three settings. But outside of that, it felt pretty season three almost. 
you know, OGC is just a, a meme outside Gans Castle in, in season three settings. So it's nice that it's an actual check now alongside Light Trial, I mean, predominantly. Um, the seed was weird. Um, it, the adults start and the adults spawn in CAC. You also had child spawn in CAC. So it's kind of boring. Like, kind of like I've said, it's just not a really good showing. Song of Storms, Nocturne, Bolera is your first three child songs. Uh, with Song of Storms being free on ZO. Still loaded Ganons. You got first hookshot, scale, light arrows, and bow. Uh, the go mode for a lot of people were light arrows and bow because they were both in light trial. That was your first bow. Uh, and to get there, a lot of people had to get the Way of the Heroes for Spirit and Field, which had two strengths there. And Spirit had the third strength, so... Way of the Hero Spirit had two strengths on each side of the dungeon. And then also a rang just for good measure. Yeah, without the Way of the Heroes, it would have felt a lot worse, probably. But if you know how strength Way of the Hero works, the seed kind of almost played itself for you with the with the hints there. And points you strained to the strength three checks at that, at that point once you found another... I guess not exactly, because you found another strength and spirit locked by strength, but it was, you know, you're going to go check the strength three stuff after getting two strength way of the heroes, right? It's just a no-brainer at that point, so. Yeah, a lot of the times and finishes for season four specifically have gotten definitely longer, and this is kind of indicative of that. Um, a lot of people did a lot of kind of unnecessary stuff in the seed, but it was kind of a full cleary kind of a playthrough anyway, and like you said, if you, you understand the strength logic, then it more or less plays itself, but it still was a little bit tricky here and there. Um, yeah, and then going on to the EU Weekly, this was a 69-person race. Nice. 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 And uh, first place was Nephistos, 233.06. So kind of like just straight up hour gone from the previous. Just the previous day, <laughs> like a similarly sized race happened. And uh, so it's a stone start too. And the last one was a med start. <laughs> you usually would kind of associate that with the the other. Um, so the adult start, yeah. Adult spawn was in Kakuri Forest. Child spawn was in Labbit Lake. So definitely a lot more wild in terms of uh, where the seed just kind of threw you. Freezy. Yeah, spicy <laughs> child spawners for sure yeah i was a little disappointed to see labbit like but i mean i guess it's not that bad it's pretty good you're right next to the owl so you get to go back to market really fast and uh, i think for me go to lawn lawn really fast it's like the number one location in the game for me right now um just trying to route in lawn lawn as soon as possible i think is really important going forward um as well as getting valley checks in i think been kind of quiet on valley but I, th I think also it's just a good location now with with the spear zero checks of deku being taken out uh i think it's not really uh such a bad thing to do anymore yeah i think um something i've echoed a few times is basically because we've taken some out all other sphere zero checks are naturally better you know because something has to be on a sphere zero check it's just that's just the way this works so the valley is no longer as garbage, um, especially with random spawns where you don't just do the same thing every time, every seed. Actually routing that in is now 
depending on where you start, obviously, sometimes it's a lot better than others, um, but it can feel a lot better to do just getting those extra sphere zeros in and done so that you know you're not going to fall miles behind. Um, yeah, I think Valley is buffed, if you will. Um, and ironically, I'd say the one scenario where it wouldn't be buffed is the EU weekly we're now talking about, where you start at Lake and doing Valley just is a bit garbage. <laughs> um, but, but otherwise, I would say, yeah, I, I, I agree. Valley feels better to do and is uh, less, of a, less of a gamble. Yeah, I think the reintroduction reintroduction of Baron Hints rather might change that up again a little because a big reason people stopped doing Valley originally was because you could just get a Valley or a Valley Baron Hint. So we might mm. see some of that, but I do think people are going to do Valley just naturally more. I mean, you could just spawn there, right? And you're not going to just not do the checks if you spawn there. So okay. there's there's definitely going to be you're going to see more Valley in season four than you saw in season three for sure. I would I would imagine. It still has a hint there, so it's not even like if you're trying to get the hints anyway and you're relatively yeah. close, it's really not that bad to do. And you might get a competitive edge if you get uh, like a 50 skull hint there with an item or Ocarina yeah. time hints. So it could just very easily be there. Or another Baron. Um, yeah, and with, um, and with Grotto hints no longer being a thing, you know, those, those hints that are just dotted about in the overworld do become more valuable, you know, so it's it's not just a play for the two items in Valley now. It is potentially a play um, for the two items and the hints that lead you know from Valley into Lake. Definitely, and it, yeah, definitely. It's kind of an asterisk on this seed in that um, Skull Mask wasn't always hint, and it, there was an item on it, and that's going to be now a sometimes hint going forward, right? Um, so it, it was a hook shot, first hook shot on Skull Mask. <laughs> So you go get that, you go get Kakuri Sword and another hookshot on double market Way of the Hero. So now you're down to two Way of the Heroes only. And thankfully, one of them was Bomb the Well, which had Bomb's Letter, Iron Boots, and a Zora Tunic just kind of thrown in there. Um, which, okay. So you take that, leads to your forest items, which is also Way of the Hero, which also had... Uh, you know, just a 20 pack of bomb juice, just chilling there. <laughs> so it's really kind of a nice playthrough of the seed. And kind of what messed a lot of people up was the boomerang on 20 skulls. Uh, no Cacway the hero, just kind of there on kind of an early spear check, more or less, especially with getting rang uh, relatively early, I think, in the seed. Um, but I think that was a go mode for a lot of people, the 20 skull ring or bomb the well you find three or four items in your way the your uh, go mode rather so uh kind of weird kind of a jet seed i think this is like one of the first what you could classify jet seed in season four as yeah i mean 20 skulls is going to be 20 skulls right especially with at least i know myself and some of the other top players have kind of just started never doing skulls almost like just imagining they don't exist because yeah. they're slow and they're not actually required that frequently, right? And there's been yeah. players in the past. That I know Raikaru was a big player that used to do that back in the day, but it's become a bigger thing again recently, so I'm not shocked that a lot of people would have missed a ring on 20 Skulls. The seed did also have a pretty interesting um, interaction where if you did Forest before the well, you could get yourself into some trouble. 
because I believe Forest in this seed had double wallet, which yep. <laughs> with a with a required water temple could have been your way of the hero for Zora Tunic potentially. So, but Zora Tunic was in the well, so you would have broken that if you did a well before Forest, and then you would have known to go deeper to get what I believe was Stins in Forest. Oh yeah, it was Stone but, Forest too, right? Yeah, so I know like I know a couple of people I talked to had bailed at the wallets because if, if you hadn't done well first, you wouldn't know for sure if they were way of the hero or not, and you had both fire and water required, so it was a little awkward. But I, I think you know I think most people probably got the dins on their first trip, and then I want to say light arrows were also deep in forest to see like in the basement or something. Oh yeah, I think that was true. Yeah. So like if you don't do the just commit to your way of the hero completely, you just get super punished to see. And I think you could even extend that to like bomb the well, like any of those items really. Like if you find letter and then you just kind of skip iron boots bombs. I forget exactly where they were and like which chests, but I think that's definitely a play that some people would have made for sure and gotten pretty messed over by it. So, uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for the most part. Um, is there anything else that you uh, wanted to mention about Season 4, ch- all the settings changes between this and Season 3? Uh, nothing for me, exactly. Um, I, I guess one thing I'm curious is, uh, you know, for yourself, Emo, and you, Gav, as, as two of the three best runners in this call, uh, <laughs> What are your priorities in when you start the season four seed? Um, Gav, did you want to take this first? Sure. Um, you know, I do think it really does depend, obviously, because the spawn location is random and your age is random. But I think I've generally tried to do a pseudo three song most of the time. Like at the end of the day, I know we're trying to like break three song kind of with season four, but songs are just way too strong in this game. It's kind of three song became a route for a reason, right? The songs in OT unlock way too much and just create way better movement options between the overworld, especially now with not guaranteed access to the Temple of Time uh, via the adult save quit. I think having songs early is pretty important. Um, I don't think I put as much merit on it as I did in the past, obviously, <laughs> where I did it literally every single seed. But I do think the goal is still, especially to get, I know Emo was talking about this earlier, to get Lon Lon out of the way because it is in such a strange central area in the the field and requires daytime. So you kind of want to get it out of the way to not have to deal with time of day problems later in the seed, especially with Ganons being involved. Like You just make it nighttime on accident sometimes, and now you're... You either just stand outside Lon Lon for two minutes or you decide to do something else and then you don't have the song and the couple checks there. And it just creates a lot of problems. So I think Lon Lon has been a, a key point in my openers a lot of the time. And then outside of that, you know, it's kind of just, I think prioritizing density, at least prior to the foolishness being added, was a lot more important in se- the previous season four settings than season three. Obviously, density was important before, but we didn't have a ton of... We didn't have a way for the game to say, oh, GTG has nothing, right? Like, now, theoretically, a Baron Hint for that could exist, so you can maybe play around that. But with one less way of the hero and no Barons, you kind of just... I think you wanted to focus density a lot more than in the past, and I think it's been working out fairly well, but I haven't played a 
astronomical amount of seeds, maybe 20 or 30. More or less in the same boat, but I think my approach to seeds right now is I want to really kind of reel in more sphere-based play, at least for me. Um, so I've, at least for like the last maybe five to 10 races, I've really been focusing on outer sphere checks, kind of like the outer rim in Star Wars, just like visiting all these cool little planets like Valley, like Lake, like Lon just getting all these things that I don't have to go back to ever again, just completely out of the way, done with. Kakuri Forest, Lost Woods, kind of like touch and go with Lost Woods a little bit right now. I kind of sometimes skip Lost Woods checks completely, and sometimes I just do all of them. So uh, that's a little bit of like weirdness that I'm not sure about yet. But overall, I think a really strong route to start with in these settings is just get to Laman, make sure it's not night, and do everything there. Go to Valley, go do your lake stuff, go to Open Grotto from Lake, go to Kakuri Forest. Hopefully your child right now, because this is, <laughs> this is mostly a child route. So, <laughs> if, if you're an adult uh, doing this route, don't yeah. listen to it. <laughs> Yeah, don't follow this as a checklist <laughs> as like a companion to playthrough and you just get to this point. Oh wait, no shit, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm adult. <laughs> um yeah, you just go to Kikari Forest, do Saris, do all your lost wood stuff. And at that point it's like twenty minutes in or something like that, maybe twenty-five, and depending on where your spawn is, is I think a big source of like routing knowledge and trying to use that effectively is really hard. I think right now, my biggest problem is that I don't know exactly how thorough I should be, because I think that really depends on a lot of factors that are seed specific. But I think generally, I don't know how like thorough I should be right now. So it, like, do you clear all of your way to hero? Do you clear literally every single sphere zero check? And I think to both of those questions is just a hard yes right now for me. Um, I'm just playing really safe or trying to play really safe. And I think that's just a really good play style for season four, at least in the outset here and like the first 50 or so seeds, um, which will be like the next two or three weeks for me. Yeah, I think, I think it's... The... Go ahead, Jim. I was going to say, I think the importance of explosives has really raised in season four just because of the random spawns and the fact that you know, in, let's say, Season 3, in, in terms of the actual things you'd go past that you might need explosives for, it would essentially be the two checks in uh, in Hyrule Field when you go to Open Grotto. And then that was kind of it until Lost Woods, but now I think the importance of explosives are just way amplified, because a lot of the time you're going to go past checks that you need explosives for and potentially can't do, and then potentially need to reroute in. So I think tr getting those getting early explosives for me really drives the seed, um, and sort of really heavily dramatically affects my routing. Yeah, I agree. With DC being the essential new decadry as well, I think explosives gain. I mean, a lot of people did blind DC before, right? But you're pretty much always going to do blind DC now if you have the opportunity and haven't seen your your stones and medallions yet. It, you know, it's it's a lot of checks early. It's the fastest dungeon right now, on average, right? You know, explosive bombs are generally pretty early in a seed. And if not, you can always have strength or choose as well to get through there. So I think I agree that explosives probably play 
I mean, they played a huge role in season three too, right? Don't get me wrong, but I think it's a little more than in the past. Yeah, you could say like base OT bombs are really important. Explosives in general are really important to just getting a lot of stuff done. Just any any kind of rando seed of OT is going to have that, but um, yeah, they've really exploded in value. Hey. I do agree <laughs> with what you were saying, though, Emo, regarding, or maybe maybe I don't agree. I don't know. In terms of being thorough, <laughs> like I think, I think a lot of people. There has been people, a vocal cast of people who don't exactly like that the seeds have been longer on average which I don't even know if that's necessarily true. I mean, I think they have been, but we've also played 30,000 season three seeds and a thousand season four seeds. Right. So it's like, we have a long time to go before we can say strictly, Hey, season four is longer than season three, I think. But I think a big reason for that is that people are being a lot more thorough than they were in the past, whether that's right or wrong. I don't really know yet. Right. I know I, as a player, am generally less thorough, I think, on average. Um, but I know I have been being more thorough in Season 4. And maybe that's... I think people have changed the way they play pretty drastically to try to counter the settings, if you will. Yeah. But maybe that's you know maybe that's not the right play, or maybe it is the right play, right? And everyone starts becoming more thorough, and then our seed times will be a little longer on average, probably. You know, if people were skipping Valley before, right? Valley takes three to four minutes to do just by itself, right? That's, you know, that's a long time when you think about it. So if people are doing it more often, I know, you know, I know I've done Valley more often, at least with the absence of Barons, with them coming back, maybe that'll change. That just happened eight hours ago, so I haven't had a chance to play a seed yet. But you know, we'll, we'll see. Bad. I think, like I was saying earlier, I think there will be metas that evolve throughout quals and throughout brackets, etc. And maybe even to weeklies beyond, right? And weeklies, and we have a weekly today in, what, three hours now. So <laughs> we'll see what, you know, we'll see what people are doing there. And yeah, it's just going to be fun. And, you know, maybe being thorough is the way to go. And that's that's what we'll see. Yeah, it's like I'm trying to choose the size of my net for catching butterflies. I just don't know if it should be like, you know, like two feet, three feet, four feet big. I don't know. In, certain, in terms of like how big the, the net should be. So I think it just really comes down to that. And knowing what your toolbox is, I think is really important. Whether you're choosing between a spoon or a, a wrench, uh, you know, you have to roll with whatever the seed gives you. Mm-hmm. Um so I think adaptability really um, is the name of the game going forward. And sequencing and overworld travel, I think, are like two big problems to really figure out in terms of how thorough you should be. But I, again, I think that's going to require a lot of reps, a lot of sciencing it out a little bit um, to really know for sure. But overall, pretty happy with the settings. They seem pretty dope. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm just happy it's... Uh... It's almost time to start, and I'm sure Gav agrees that it's been a long process for us that have been working on this in the background. Um, I mean, at, at the end of the day, we the entire point of this is to make a really good season for, not for ourselves, but just for the community. And it has taken a while. There's been a lot of back and forth. There's been a lot of changes. There's been, there's been a lot of tests. There's been a lot of things that hasn't worked, and 
things that finally have worked and i'm just i'm just really excited to be like right okay we're done sign it ship it and let let people have fun with it yeah completely agree i think we got to a point where we wanted to make it competitive still right like we didn't want to go i don't want to shit on rando rando too much but like rando rando has a less competitive side naturally right because it's completely random obviously it's been made competitive and there's a tournament for it that's great but it is more random right and i think we wanted to maybe add a little variance but not add too much variance to where somebody who's put in a lot of effort and to achieve a goal of doing well isn't all of a sudden just screwed because it becomes 50 percent luck or something you know right so i think we we kept a good balance of making it more fun but also keeping it fair i guess definitely agreed there That will do it for us on the podcast this week. I want to shout out a couple people here. Uh, Ronan Recordings, our new editor again. Thank you for uh, joining the team here. Thank you to Winnie Demon, who is our new script writer for the podcast. Wrote a very lovely script that we've been following throughout this episode. So thank you for also joining the team here. And to our two lovely... um, Uh, I don't want to say co-hosts, but on this episode, at least, thank you to Chip and Reeve and Gavaroni for joining me here. Yeah, thanks for having me. My pleasure, as always. And we'll see you all next time on the Gossip Stone Podcast.